We've shortened uh, the first part, not out of neglect of worship, but I want to talk to you for a few moments and then just kind of shift gears and give you a chance to maybe ask a couple of questions. There's just, there's so many winds blowing at the same time. They're relentless winds. They are godless winds. They're cross winds. They're cruel winds. They're deceptive winds. They're demonic winds. And for the believer, we want to know how, not only how should we stand, but what should we say and when should we say it. And I want to share with you just a few moments this morning, um, kind of like a three-fourth sermon, and then give you a chance to ask some specific questions. I am not God's answer man. I don't think I'm the total sum of wisdom and knowledge, but if I can offer one opinion and muddy the water even further for you, I'll be glad to serve you <laughs> in, in that capacity. Hey, you turn in your Bibles this morning with me to Matthew chapter 10. I want to speak to you today about God's expectation of us in this last hour. And I'm going to keep saying this over and over, and I know some of you just nod and some of you think, well, whatever. But I am convinced that we are the terminal generation that will see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church. The people that were there when he came the first time as Messiah weren't expecting it. And this generation's not expecting it. But there's nothing that has to happen. And I want to make sure, nothing has to happen uh, geopolitically, nationally, in the nation of Israel or in the church before Christ comes for his body. And if that's the case, I want to make sure that I am standing where I'm supposed to be standing. I'm speaking when I'm supposed to be speaking. I'm silent when I'm supposed to be silent. But there, there's no mistake. I, I don't want there to be any mistake or, or, or bleeding over of lines. I want to bring attention to his name. Clarity to his words. And for us, I know that's your desire too. So I want to talk to you about what God expects in this last hour. Matthew chapter 10, beginning with verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I'm come to send peace on the earth. Well, God wants us all just to be one, and God wants everybody to be in harmony. And I'll get to this point in a moment. No, he said, don't, don't think I've come to bring peace on the earth. He said, I've come to bring a sword. I'm come, and in the wake of his coming, in the wake of the birth of the church and the ruling of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers, now there's a conflict. And because of this coming... You will see a man at variance against his father and a daughter against their mother and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall even be they of his own household. But if you love your father or mother or family, close friends, more than me, you're not worthy of me. Which means if you will tone down who you are to be accepted by anybody, if you're ashamed of me, then I will be ashamed of you. If you're ashamed and love them more than me, you're not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his own cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. 
He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake, my sake shall find it. Would you just pray for me this morning as I pray for myself and I go to preach the word and then we discuss some of these particulars. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that's mine this morning and I, you know my heart, I tremble at this because I don't want to add anything to your word. I don't want to steer incorrectly. I want to just teach and preach principles and that we individually would know the when and the where to stand in the how, hearing a voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Now, stand. Now, speak. Now, be quiet. That we might honor you, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Josh, if you turn me down just a little bit this morning. What does God expect of me in this last hour? He expects me to be and live righteously. He expects me to be and live righteous. There is no righteousness outside of the imparted righteousness of Jesus Christ, His righteousness to our life through new birth and union with Him. There is no one good there is no goodness in any political party, any grouping, any movement, no true goodness. They might do a good thing, but there is no good origin except from the imparted righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is God taking Christ's righteousness and clothing you with it. That's why it's imperative that we be found in the faith, not in a faith. Any other religion, any other uh, path, any other uh, system of belief that does not impart God's righteousness to you, if it's you approaching God, you ascending, you evolving, it's a bastard faith. How can dead people evolve? Dead in trespasses and sin. We are to be secure and clear and live in that uh, understanding and appreciation of us being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Wade brought this out the other day, which I thought was beautiful. And he said, we are not the righteousness of God. And then people say, oh, yes, we are. No, no. Without the, without the added part, I'm the righteousness of God. Well, why? Oh, in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, by Christ Jesus, not Jesus and something else, but through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that atonement being made, and through repentance and calling on the name of God, God takes, if you will, the clothes of Christ and puts them upon us, and we are accepted. And we need to make sure that we are not walking around with any pride or confidence in anything we have ever said or done because our best efforts are filthy rags outside of that which originates with the Holy Spirit. Trace it back to its origin. If it started with you, it's flesh and it's rejected. But if it comes from the Holy Spirit stirring in you, causing these actions, it is accepted. 
shared righteousness, by submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ and the truth of his word. Away with this, Jesus come into my heart. That's No, it's repent and be born again. And the evidence of that new birth is lordship. When, when God knocked Saul off his donkey on the Damascus road and blinded him with a light from heaven, just burnt, burnt his eyes, blinded him, knocked him to the ground and spoke audibly, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus whom you persecuteth. He said, what would you have me do, Lord? Who are you, Lord? And what would you have me do, Lord? If Christ is not the supreme Lord, the final authority, the unquestioned governor of your life, I would second guess your salvation. He doesn't come as Savior alone. He does, he's not split personalities. He comes to save us, but the moment he saves us, he installs himself as the king of your life and the Lord of your life. Yeah. Now, you may progressively come into that awareness through many uh, burnt fingers and toes and chastisements and whippings, but he is. He expects us to live righteously by the practice of self-denial, living out the laws of God written on the table of our hearts, and by selfless ministry to others, and by the divine production of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be righteous and live righteous. Beth White uh, taught me much in the decade we got to live together uh, here on staff and serve together and worship together. And she said, I would rather be righteous than right. Righteous and righteousness is not about me being on the winning side as much as it is about I just want to be on God's side. Now, will God eventually win? Of course. But I don't need to be right in your eyes. I'm not looking to be right. Be careful of the crowd. We are not people of the crowd. We are people of the Christ. And this world, the Bible tells you, opposes the Lord. So you can just about see the consensus of the world. If that's A, choose B, and you're, you're pretty good. That was kind of a joke. I mean, it was, it was true. It's funny. But number two, he expects us to be unmistakably separate from the world in our affections and desires. Turn in your Bible, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2, 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If you love the world, the love of God is not in you. The love of the Father is not in you. Well, I love, I love the world and I love God. Well, somebody's lying. And being that God doesn't lie, I guess that leaves you. Is that too strong? If a person loves the world and the world is the enemy of God, how can you say that you love God? Let me break it down to where all the men can understand this. You hate my wife, I don't like you. I don't have any base with you. I don't have anything common with you. I am up in opposition to you. As a matter of fact, I don't want anything to do with you. 
And the problem of the last two decades in my Christian experience is that the, the, the world was not in love with the church, but the church was in love with the world, and there's no line of distinction. Well, John, the Bible says, love your enemies. I'm not talking about my enemies. I'm talking about God's enemies. David said, oh, how I hate those that hate you. And there's a fine line between loving the soul of someone but I got news for you. You hate her, you and I are enemies. And you blaspheme my Savior's name and you hate him. I love your soul, but you and I have no common ground, no anything. That's why we can't sing their songs on Saturday night and sing the Lord's songs on Sunday morning. The songs that blaspheme his name, that, that sing of immorality and, 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 and uh, unfaithfulness and adultery and homosexuality and crass and crude things and then come in and sing How Great Thou Art on Sunday morning. I wonder if that's why our worship services in our experience are so anemic because God smells the world on us when we come in here on Sunday and we tell him how much we love him. Separate from the world in our affections and desires. There are some demons that you cast out and others you starve out. Anybody else fast in here? You enjoy that? Yeah. Us, I'll just say people like me, big people's. Um, I can't, I can't do your mixed Daniel, first, third, and fifth Friday, two, no, just don't feed me. I can't, I can't eat Monday at two, uh, lunch and Tuesday breakfast and after four, and then I can have nuts. Mm -mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> if I have demonic activity in my life, and I got him chained to the wall, and that joker hadn't eaten in two or three weeks, if I flip him a crouton, He rips the chain out of that wall and comes in and wreaks havoc in my life. Could it be, could it be that we're so accustomed to principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in our home and our hearts that we just have a mutual living agreement? You hate my wife, you and I are enemies. The world the Bible says, hates the Lord, lust against the enemy of God. That's why we have to walk the fine line of living in the world and loving people. But this system, this narrative, this, no, I, I, I belong to another country. I know a lot of y'all are committed to make America great. And can I just tell you that even before this president was seated with the largest purveyor of pornography in the world, with the largest abortion factory in the world, you have racial injustice, you have social injustice, you have greed. I am for this nation, but we ain't been a great nation, a godly nation in many, 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 many years. And we could be under the beginning stages of the wrath of God right now. 
Well, how can you say that? Look over the history of Israel. Look, o- look over how he dealt with those that named his name. And I'll just, I'll just submit this to you. Uh, when our president, who I support, pray for, uh, who, who's flawed like any other president, just go down the line of everybody come before him, and just like us. When he proposed the uh, peace plan for Jerusalem in the Middle East, you do know that in his peace plan, he was talking about a shared arrangement, a dividing up of the land between Palestine, which is not a nation. (laughs) There's irony there. They're not a nation. Uh, uh, Sitting on land that God gave to Israel. And he said, I've put my name there. And it shall ever be there. And there's a prophecy in the Old Testament that says, whoever will divide this land, I will divide them. Could we be experiencing the division in our nation? Black, white, rich, poor, Democrat, Republican, uh, liberal, fundamentalist. All the division. Could we be under a curse of God? You see, you can't look at our, our political figures and because one has a little more morality than the other or doesn't support certain things, God deals with righteousness and with motive. And I thank the Lord for our president. I'm, I pray for him. I, 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 I believe that you can be, you know, there's so much discussion. Is he a man of God? I, I don't know, but he's an instrument of God. And God's using him in many positive ways, but don't be so high-minded to think God can't use him as a tool of judgment on us too. That's why there's no, I, listen, I can vote a certain way. Please hear my heart. I can support. I, I have allegiance to one person. Don't, don't try to make me get under your banner and uh, gotta be MAGA. You have to. Put the hat on, put the hat on, put the hat on. I don't want to wear that. You got to kneel during that. Kneel, kneel. I don't want to kneel. My loyalty, be careful of these separate organizations. See, you, you can just, just be for righteousness. Be for that which is pleasing to God. And I don't have to wear that hat. Because if I wear the hat or if I, I kneel at the thing, then I'm also taking part in all that they're teaching, say, and I don't believe in those things. So be careful of your affection and desires. There's many people that are more patriotic than they are righteous. They scream online about our nation and what's going on. And they may be right, but ain't said a word about the kingdom of God in 20 years. Because this is their home. Men defend their home. The Bible says our citizenship, James, our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. And they just, Moses and them declared plainly that they seek another country who builder and maker is God. I'm grateful for the land I live in. I, I love this nation. But comparatively speaking, it doesn't matter. This nation could fall tomorrow and nothing eternal changes in my life. Nothing. 
He expects us to be separate in our relationships. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? You're the temple of the living God. And God said, I'm going to dwell in you and walk in you and be your God and you will be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate. Well, the Lord wants us to be ingrained and part of this world. And to win the world, you have to be like the world. And you have to be in the culture. Come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you and be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Does that mean we don't have interaction? Does that mean we don't participate in wonderful ministries of mercy? We got one here, my brother, that heads up Convoy of Hope, and the work that they do. Are we not supposed to? No, that's, that's wonderful. He's talking about affections and attitudes and, and groupings and the sharing and exchanging of life. There is no exchange in ministry. It's you ministering to them. But we don't have any. There's no connectivity to the world for us. We're supposed to be distinct and separate. And that's the problem. How can I say? Just talk about my, since I've been a Christian in late 80s, mid 80s to now. I've never once seen the world try to win the church to their way of thinking by acting like the church. But the church, we got, we got, we got, a, we got the, the, you can change the method, but you just don't change the message. But why are we changing the method? I, I'm, the method's not sacred, but why? Could it be that you're more comfortable with their method. Can you imagine the disciples sitting around? How are we going to brand this thing? Can you imagine the 12 disciples? I mean, this Jesus culture we're trying to, it's just not catching on. What, what can we do? John, what do you think? Well, skinny jeans are in. And Luke's been sporting the man bun. How about, no, I'm, I'm being facetious do you know this is all over Christian television? This is what the world thinks of us. Okay, everybody rip the knees out of your jeans. Come on, guys, come on. And be just as effeminate and limp-wristed as you can be. Be metrosexual. And let's turn the lights off and turn the fog machine on. And uh, do. And Are you saying those things are wrong? Just, just hear me out. The world's not doing it. What are we trying to do? Because back deep, deep in here, we don't think that our separateness and the gospel is enough. They ought to be able to look at my life and want what I have. They ought to see that God exists because I'm living under a different government. I just don't think we have to look like the world or be like the world. Now, that don't mean you have to wear, you know, dresses have to go down past the knees and long hair and long tongue to match. You know, no makeup. No makeup. No makeup. I was at a church preaching one time and a lady come up to me and she said, this was so good. You just, you just 
broke all my toes today. And I felt so horrible. I was like, I'm sorry. I, no, no, it was wonderful. I needed it. Now, see, if you cross over into that, there's therapies that can be applied. She said, no, no, it was wonderful. And then, no, so you know me as a cut up. And I said, well, you ain't going to want to miss tonight. She goes, what? I said, tonight I'm preaching against makeup, long pants, eyeglasses, walking sticks, roll-on deodorant, and outdoor floodlights. And diet soda. It's all not natural. I was just being funny. She goes, I know it'll be good. <laughs> See, there's an excess that's, you know, people get up in testimony service. The Lord delivered me from chewing gum. You know, you're like, please help us. God, help us. But our problem is not excessiveness. The problem is the world doesn't look like the church, but the church looks like the world. And that's where our powerlessness comes in. That's where our joy is seeping out because there is a sense of wholeness that bubbles up in those that have consecrated themselves they have sanctified themselves from the world and consecrated themselves unto God. And God is expecting us in this last hour to be different, to be solely his, tuned into his voice. And I can prove it to you. When the son of man comes, will he even find faith on the earth? So what's he looking for? That faith, that individuality. He wants us to be distinctly separate. Better hurry, gotta hurry. He wants us to be people of conviction. To stand for truth. Stand for truth. Love wins. No, baby. Truth wins. Truth wins. Wherever the truth falls. Y'all wouldn't want my Facebook page. I get sent. Everything from all the wingdingers in the world, you know, that the Pope had an alien land on his right earlobe and just crazy, bizarre, you know. Did you read this? I, and I can't, I can't read all of it, you know. Uh, but I, I will get emails that will ask me about, you know, your, your opinion on things. What about, what about this? What about this? What about this? And generally... They want me to agree with their stance, to support their view, and I disappoint probably more than I make happy because I have one central view. Where's, where's the truth at? And wherever the, you cut a tree down, wherever the truth falls is what I believe. Someone sent me, you know, pictures of uh, our president with Jeffrey Epstein back in years past. And you know, with all of that that's going on, um, there could be a lot of unfolding in that, by the way. Uh, what do you think of this? Your godless president. Well, if he was guilty of pedophilia and harming those underage girls, I hope he's prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. What do you mean? But see, there are other people that they're not, they're, if the truth falls on what they believe or who they support, they ignore it. We are to be people. Jesus is the truth. And we can't ever change. If the truth condemns or convicts us, then we are condemned and convicted. 
So let's, let's apply this to our protest, peaceful and not peaceful. You can look at the groups and their Marxist origins and all, all of these things that are going on. So where does it fall, John? Well, arson is arson. That's a crime. Murdering a man, whether you have a, a badge or not, is murder. Assault is assault. Looting is looting. That's stealing. Um, murder is murder. Okay. So everyone that's guilty of that ought to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But when you see insanity, we're emptying the prisons out so that they don't get Rona. <laughs> Corona, you know. We're emptying them out. But if more than 10 people gather on a beach together, we're putting them in the prison. If you put our brains in a matchbox, it looked like a BB rolling down a four-lane highway. Any? What is your conviction? People ought to know where you stand on the gospel. Exclusive. Exclusive gospel. Not one of many. The gospel is not a social gospel. It is not an issue of social matters. It will work its way out to social issues. It is a sin issue, not a social issue. It deals with the individual's separation from God because of their guilt before him. That's what the gospel is. There was a man that preached at the funeral of the congressman that recently passed away. And uh, um, please forgive me, Lewis. Lewis, I don't know if you saw this or not, but the preacher said, and I quote, speaking of the deceased, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, and I know what he was referring to, his fight for civil liberties. There has to be a clarity in us that recognizes any distortion of truth or perversion of truth or misapplication of truth, and you ought to reflexively say, no, no. I remember when one celebrity introduced our previous president as our Lord and Savior, Barack Obama. And there are people that view this president that way. We should be people of conviction, unashamedly, consistently, and you don't have to scream to be loud. You just stand. There are many choices to make. And by the way, race is not one of them. We don't get to decide. You know, it's like that white person that was identifying as black and females identifying as males. Like, come on, people. Time is short. We, you know, go sell you crazy somewhere else. We're all stocked up, you know, here. I'm identifying as white. Well, I'm identifying as 30, slim, and rich. How about that? <laughs> Can't breathe. I need to lose some weight. Somebody, we, we need to do a Biggest Loser. Somebody asked me the other day, go, Pastor, you all right? Why, why are you breathing? Why are you breathing so hard? I said, to live. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> anyway. 
to get air in there. Oh, help me, Lord. So, don't worry about the things that you can't choose. Where do you stand on abortion? Pro-life or pro-choice? And by the way, if you're pro-life, you got to be pro-option. Everybody in this room ought to have room in their home for a baby that somebody's going to kill. Don't just stand up and say, abortion's wrong. Will you take one? The answer is yes. What are we going to do? That's up to God. I can't, but we have to be not just pro-life, but pro-option. Liberal or conservative? Capitalist or socialist? Pro-Israel or pro-Palestine? LGBTQ for God's des- or God's design for sex, marriage, and family? Truth or error? Where do you stand on immorality, greed, covetousness, pride, dishonesty, unfaithfulness? Where do you stand on heresy? What do you do when your favorite Christian group starts singing doctrinally incorrect songs? Well, I just like them. Well, but they're contradicting scripture. Yeah, but I still like them. You're like, time out, personal foul, number 35. What happens when the preacher you've listened to, which has happened to me for a decade, helped disciple me and now sits on a stage with Oprah Winfrey, who all, you know, all roads lead to God and sits on the stage and lets her preach to millions of people a false gospel. What do you do? Well, I stop listening to them. My allegiance is not to them. It's to the truth. Is God's word your standard or do you lean more to every man's way is right in his own eyes? And very quickly, and then we're going to get to some questions. I'll just cut this short here. I had John, and I've been accused of this so many times. You're just so divisive. Your your words, your post, your clarion sound, it's just divisive. It's just divisive. Well, that's what truth does. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm going to answer to God. And believe me when I tell you I tremble with the idea that I'm going to give an account, a stricter account than you because of my position and platform. But there's one thing that's going around in cowardly and carnal Christians preach unity. Oh, let's just, uh, this isn't about doctrine. Can't we just, we, we got more that we agree upon together than that which keeps us apart. And let's just love what, didn't he say he wanted us to be one even as he and the Father are one? Yes, he did. And if you're taking notes, I'll tell you where that's found. John 17, 11. That they may be one as we are. How is Jesus and God one? In righteousness. In truth. And in holiness. To be one means not harmony. Um, Those of you that can sing, you know what this is. Those that are tone deaf have no idea what I'm about to tell you. Harmony is when you still are who you are. That doesn't change, and it blends together and makes a sound with all the different pitches and tones, right? Am I close? Even if I didn't use the right adjectives. Uh, And it, it becomes harmonious. It comes together. That's not unity. That's harmony. That means that everybody still gets to be who they are, and it comes together. To be one means that we are lost in him. 
and I can't be lost in, with, and blended with anyone that's not in his body, in him, like precious faith. I can't be one with you if you hate Israel. I can't be one with you if you are pro-abortion. I can't be one with you. There's a separation that takes place. And he's not asking us to be harmonious. He's asking us to be one in righteousness and in truth. It's not look the other way. I know this is hard, but it's the truth. Our unity is our union with Jesus. Our agreement with Jesus our being led of His Spirit and our submission to His Lordship and His desires for us to be vocal. His desires for us to be vocal. Mark 8, 38, Whoever will be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous, apostate, and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Are you aware of this verse in Ephesians 5, verse 11? And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Let me back up. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Well, I just, you know, I just live my Christian life and I don't say anything. He says reprove them. See, loving Jesus don't cause trouble anywhere. Saying what Jesus says causes trouble. Paul said, y'all not have your brother's wife. (laughs) That caused trouble when he told the king that, you know, you shouldn't be sleeping with your brother's wife. Reprove them. You shouldn't be murdering children. You shouldn't be practicing adultery. That's someone else's wife. That's someone else's husband. You should not be living a homosexual lifestyle. You should not love money. Y'all not be proud. We are to be, we're not the Holy Ghost monitors of everyone else, but we're it. We're the light that's left. We're the salt that's left. And at the appropriate times, we are to be vocal and stand and say, this is wrong. To stand up. This last generation, this last generation, We are kind of like, and Wade's going to have mics here for everyone if, if you have a question here in a moment. We're kind of like uh, John the Baptist. At Jesus' first coming, John the Baptist was a voice. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's kind of where we are now. We're the voice. The days of just coexist, whatever. It's prepare the way of the Lord. Christ is coming back. Do you understand what's going to be left For this world, when the church is gone and the influence of godly people is gone, we are to be the voice, prepare the way of the Lord. And we are to be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's that stand. And I'm not speaking just of the protest, but I'm not kneeling for anyone. Some pope or you could take the the most holy 62 robes, fish hat, scepter, and do his ring down here. I'm, I'm not. No, 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 no bow my knee and my heart to one, to the Lord. We are supposed to stand, and I'm speaking of conviction now, not protest. We are to stand 
when the world plays its music and everybody bows down and everybody says yes and everybody follows this narrative. He said, no, I'm going to follow truth to the best of my ability. That's what God expects of us in this last generation, no matter who it offends. I can't tell you how many friends I've lost over the years over the simple idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's demons. No, it's not demons. And, you know, we just part ways. And so, okay, that's, that's the call. I'm not, I'm not going to ignore the truth of his word just for you to be my buddy. You know, John the Baptist, prepare you the way. Now, I said all that. I want to take a few moments. I know this could, this is where angels fear to tread when you give somebody a microphone, you know. And please, if you are one of those Mr. Microphone people that just love to talk, please don't. Uh, but if you have a question like, hey, what of this? This is something I'm experiencing. I'd love to give you a chance to come up and there's mics here at the front and just address and we'll, you know, what does God expect of us? How should we then live? Anyone? There's one right here and one over here. Yes. Pastor John, this is not a question. It's just some scripture that came to my mind as you were speaking about being one. Get close, get close. Okay. Um, I thought of where the scripture where it says we are one body in Christ. Mm -hmm. and, And so that just, I wanted to share that about how you know, we are to be one, and it's, you know, we're one body in Christ, whether we're the hands and feet yep. of Jesus or, you know. And the other one that came to my mind was, he is the vine, we are the branches, and so we are to be one in him. Amen. If we are cut off, then we are grafted out. If we're cut off, we're just ready for nothing but to be burned. Yes, Don. To preface my question, I want to, first of all, make this statement that I'm seeing more and more businesses asking for exact change on credit card Mm -hmm. and uh, that's expanding so i I think it's a way of the government sucking up all the currency and eventually we're going to be asked to take that mark of the beast that either in our hand or in our forehead Mm -hmm. i want to know what is your take on that well the coin thing is pretty much a joke the same amount of coins that we had before are still out there in jars and in your they're in women's purses is where everything is (laughs) But I know a pastor that has a friend that's high up, a very, very high up executive in the banking institution. He said, how quick would it, how, how long would it take to roll out a cashless society? He said, overnight. He said, so you'd start, he said, no, you just, the same, same thing we're doing now. Almost every transaction is digital now. Uh, the, the mark of the beast uh, is going to come into effect uh, midway part of the tribulation, beginning of the great tribulation, when the Antichrist is going to, the geopolitical figure is going to stand in the temple of God in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God, and then he's going to mandate a mark. So you remember what, and Don asked a great question, always look for the setting of the table. Prophecy is understood after it happens. Hey, this is that with the, the prophet Joel spoke of. Oh, okay. So now that we have capacity to do this, okay? So they're not taking change. Does that affect you? No, debit card, credit card. It's all in place. So the emphasis is on the preparation. 
So everything's in place. So yes, that will, that will come to pass before long, but that will be after he speaks as a lamb and then turns into the dragon that he is and, and mandates that all of us uh, take that. And some would say, is that connected to the vaccine and all of this? I, I, I don't know, very well could be. The technology's there. Um, and I, I'm always misquoted on this, but I always view every Sunday as this could be my last Sunday with you. You know, uh, I could just go home to be with Jesus, which would be wonderful. I'd miss my wife and babies horribly, but anyway. Um, what was I saying? Hmm? Wait a minute, what? Oh, the vaccine. Listen, I have took vaccines. I take the flu shot every year. My babies have been vaccinated. So don't read into this anything that I'm not saying. I'm just telling you, as for me, anything that is mandated, I'm a no. That's just me. That don't mean you do that. But I don't trust this, this system that systematically murders millions of children is going to tell me what's best for me and my family. That's just, you know, it's like the guy that's been married 11 times. i tell you what y'all to do with your wife. i tell you. What. No, no, that's all right. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no. Know this, that what's going on on the surface is not the main thing. There's powers of wickedness at work here. Yes. Hey, hi. Hey. I didn't mean that like bad. Like, no, you wouldn't miss us. I just, <laughs> anyway. Um, one thing I just wanted to make a note about, and you and I have talked about this, and I think it's a good comfort, uh, too, when we get scared about things like uh, marks and, and things like that. It's, um, in my reading Re Revelation and some of the teachings that I've heard on it, one of the significant things about that, not only just the timeline that John had mentioned about that we'll be able to see the stage being set and it happening at a certain time, there's an element in scripture of taking the mark that is worship and pledging allegiance to the beast. It's not just that you have something, it's that by taking that mark, you know, he's setting the stage of being a false Christ and the miracles. Mm -hmm. And so there will be led astray people who want to worship that. And so that's one of those things that's been a comfort to me in that um, there's an element of that. And that's what damns us and Amen. separates us. You know, it, is that yes. pretty right? Okay. Um, she, she brought out a perfect point. People are saying, well, my card, my credit card has a chip and stuff. I'm not going to hell because I got a credit card. Debit card's not sending me hell. No one will accidentally or be forced to take the mark. The damnation comes from the willful acceptance and the willful allegiance. You're not damned for something someone would do to you. It's choice. So you can't accidentally take the mark when that comes, and it hasn't come. Yes, James. John, um, what advice would you give to somebody that hasn't experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but wants it and has prayed for it? Amen. Very good question. Well, you have to approach it like anything else by faith, and I've been there. I know 
friends of mine that it was a great struggle for them. Uh, Josh, I got a ring up here. I don't know if it's me or I'm getting close to these. Um, usually, the struggle comes from what we've seen other people do and we're trying to process. I would say narrow it down to just a simple, everyone that asketh receiveth. And everyone that seeketh findeth. And everyone that knocks to him shall it be opened. And he was speaking of the Spirit, the context of that. And I thank you, Lord, that you are filling me and you're baptizing me in your spirit. And, and you have to, many of us have to erase the preconceived ideas of what it looks like. You saw something crazy in church. And so anything that starts to move our emotions, well, I'm starting to act crazy and we stop. Remember that the disciples were the first people they ever heard pray in tongues. They were the first people they ever heard pray in tongues. And it's so easy for someone that hasn't been exposed to the foolishness that was presented as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you were the devil, think about it. How could you sabotage the most beautiful expression and the most necessary thing in the life of the believer post-salvation through a smear campaign of foolishness of people barking like dogs and acting crazy in an altar, you know, and convulsing demonically and like, Lord, I don't want that. But just approach it in faith. And said, Lord, I, I'm just, I ask you, fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Anybody else about work or uh, testimony or conflict at work? Or? Um, so at work, I've got plenty of uh, people who don't know the Lord. I think there's only one person up there who knows the Lord. Um, and... The people seem pretty liberal. And then you also have like the work rules that like it's policy, you know, not kind of not to say anything about, uh, um, I guess about the Lord in general or what his truth is. Um, and it's kind of, it's difficult to know what to do because I know that these people don't know Jesus and that's a huge deal, yeah. you know. Um, but also it doesn't seem very appropriate to say something uh, at work. They're my managers, too. <laughs> so mm -hmm. That's a whole other thing, but it's, I'm just not sure what to do. It's, well, it's a very fine line. And at a workplace, um, I say then that's the place where you build relationship so you can tell them the next time you get coffee or go to lunch and you're not at the workplace. Now, if someone pins you down, I, I'm, I'm not going to deny him. I think that's the thing. I think it's when we are quiet just to preserve ourselves, and, and the Lord could ask you. Like you know that everything's coming together and you're on the spot and this may cost you, but you, I will not be quiet. But use the wisdom. I would say, you know, build relationship. And understand this, you're not the saving agent, you're light. You know what light does? If it does its job, you don't really see it. It just lights the path for you to walk. And so we light the path for people to get to Jesus. They know. And when crisis time comes and crunch time comes, they'll reach out to you and say, I know you know him. And then we share the gospel outside of those parameters. I don't have to share it from nine to 12. I can tell you at one when we go to lunch or step off the property, you know, step out in the, in the parking lot and talk. Somebody else. 
about any of the stuff going on or signs or... Uh, hey, watch Israel. Watch Israel. Today or yesterday, there was a, a, a newspaper article. And by the way, isn't it funny how we get 6,200 coronavirus updates and nothing about Israel when all of prophecy is connected to Israel? They said there are 150,000 rockets at the border of Syria on Israel now, and they're trying to figure out how can we, we won't have time to intercept all of them. Do we go in with a preemptive strike? It could be the beginning of the battle in Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is going to be a massacre. And it will not be from the weapons of men. The Bible says that in that battle, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that uh, they will come in to take Israel. All of the nations listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39, never before in the history of the world have they all been at the border of Israel and they're there now in Syria. All of them are there. And when they come in, it says no man defends Israel. So that either means we're not close enough to help, we don't have time to help, or we're unwilling to help. But God himself is going to rain fire and hail. And it's going to be on these people's phones. It's going to be all over the news. And millions, millions will be destroyed. The Bible said it's going to take the Israelites seven years to bury these dead people. I would submit to you the first time they interviewed these generals and said, well, you know, where was Allah? It, it would seem that the Israelites' God has fought for them. And if I were a general, I'd be, where do we sign the peace agreement between Israel? That could lead into the peace agreement, but be careful and watch them. Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Um, so, so with social media, with the news, it's stressful. Um, is it inappropriate to say, I'm kind of done with it. I want to stick my head in the sand. I want to raise my babies. I want to live my life, be active in my church, and then otherwise just turn off. Mm -hmm. Or should I be paying more attention? People yeah. say, hey, did you hear about this? No, I'm trying not to because yeah. I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Is that wrong? Is that right? No. What, where's the line? It's a great question. Listen. The, the pressure comes from when we feel the responsibility to change the culture, the world, and change how everybody's thinking. That's the pressure. Now, once you've seen it, the three, like, I'm over the narrative. And please take me in context. I know people personally that have suffered from this virus. This is horrible. It is a horrible, horrible thing. But when you're inundated on the television seven days a week, 24 hours a day about this one thing, then it's not about the thing. It's, 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 it's past that. So there's a way to say, okay, I got it. I got you. I've watched. I got it. And tune out. At the same time, being aware enough that you're able to interact and engage with people. But know your boundaries. You know, ebb and flow. You say, you know what? I'm going on a fast, a Facebook fast. Praise the Lord. Yeah, no, no problem. But just know your balance. You know, we can't do it perpetually in the sense of uh, we're responsible to people. So I would say watch just enough of the news to know so that you, if they argue or people that are in darkness engage you, you have enough commonality that you can engage back 
But once you have the point where he said, I, I'm, I got it, I got you, I'm plenty, then turn off the valve. When the tub's full, turn the valve off. Yeah. Anybody else? I hope this is helpful. Um, right before we take communion, oh, go ahead. First of all, Pastor, I want to say thank you for being a leader in these times. Thank you. Um, to me, it feels like we're on the brink of a civil war. Uh, so at least me and my family start making decisions based on that. I was just curious if you kind of had that sure. same sort of feeling in your spirit. Yes, sir. Um, if Jesus tarries, I use the word upheaval, civil war. The divisions and the, the dividing lines are going to be worse and worse. They're going to fan the flames of racism, even where it's not. Is there injustice? Absolutely. But everyone's not practicing injustice. It's, it's going to get worse and worse. And, you know, you have what I believe are false prophets telling you that this, this great revival's coming when the Bible teaches us that darkness is going to cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But God's people are going to rise and shine and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon them. I am not a full-blown prepper, but I am prepared. You should prepare. If you see unrest coming, what if unrest disrupts the food chain? Well, have some food set aside. That's not fear any more than when you go on vacation. Do you take sunscreen? Are you scared? Are you scared? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be burned if I don't take sunscreen. Yeah. It's, it's common sense kind of thing. Soups, pastas. Uh, things that keep a great water filter, a Berkeley military water filter. It's, you can scoop mud, a mud hole, and run it through there. You're fine. Uh, rice, things of that nature. Uh, we have a little set aside. Uh, and by the way, if you try to come to my house and get it, I got guns too. And uh, <laughs> come get my. The girls call it Publix. Daddy got Publix down there. Is it? You know, jellies, peanut butters. But no, what he said, when you see these things coming... Don't think that everything's going to remain the same. If we get into uh, social unrest and the trucks stop running, yeah, be prepared. Anything you can think of, too. But, but there is no security outside of Christ. I mean, you plug this hole, this dam's going to break. So that's why our roots should be in him preparing to be willing to suffer rejection, loss, persecution, even death for his name, but preparing the best we can without fear. Yes? Only reverential fear. A couple of weeks ago, the Lord just spoke to my Get heart. Get close to that mic, please. The Lord spoke to my heart a couple of weeks ago, and he said, distraction, think eternal. And my heart's about to beat out of my chest, but this is a word from Revelation. Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb, our Savior, our salvation is the triune God's to give. To God, the triune God, we owe our deliverance. Amen. Blessings, glory, majesty, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might belong to our God forever and ever because of a precious lamb he has provided and Amen. the spirit who will be with us until the end. Amen. 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 If I... Uh, our ushers, guys, if you'll come here, I want us just to each of you have one of these. Uh, we have the communion elements. Come quickly, guys. Come help me. And just spread out around this front. 
And I want you to come uh, with your families. And if you'll do this for me, when you come and serve yourself communion, just stay at the front, kind of just spread out. And we're going to take together. Um, I asked the guys to play uh, and the sound tech to play a song for us uh, that's 20 plus years old, but it's a perfect song for, for today. Uh, those with the communion, if y'all will spread out this way, if you will, just spread out in the front. And so we'll all wait to take together. Guys, if you'll start that song for us, and then y'all come and... follower of Jesus Christ. I am bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, and I'm not ashamed of him or his word. 
You can laugh at me. You can mock me. You can alienate me. You can distance yourself from me. I'm okay with that. Because very soon, he's coming for me. And the foundation of God standeth sure that the Lord knows who are his. Be strong in this last hour. Don't you waver. Don't you waver. You square your shoulders and say, you do what you got to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord with joy. And by the way, as we get ready to go home, you need to know this. Where he sits in heaven on the throne. The throne. The ancient of days. When he rules and dictates and decrees, there's no appellate court. He's it. The final authority. And he is for us. And the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. He said, this is my body. And it was broken for you. As often as you do this, I want you to remember me. Lord, we remember your suffering. And it is with, our, with great joy that we go outside the camp with you, bearing your reproach. Not ashamed of you, Lord, but grateful. Let's take together. Now, having said all that we said today, if any part of this message makes you feel better than anyone else, you missed the heart of this message. You and I were the chiefest of sinners, but we're washed, we're justified, we're forgiven and cleansed. And did you know as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us? Pastor John, are you saying that we as the church aren't going to be persecuted? No, the church has been persecuted for hundreds of years and it's going to visit this nation. Great persecution, but not God's wrath. Because when I look at that naked, bruised, beaten, disfigured Savior, he took God's wrath for me. So that the wrath of God does not fall upon. We're not appointed under wrath. He paid the price. Let's lift the cup together and take. Pastor Wade, where are you, buddy? Right before Pastor Wade prays. Listen, there's, there's a... There's a rhythm to this last. Y'all pay attention. I need you to hear it. There, it, it there's a rhythm. It's kind of like as you get older, how your back goes out all the time and you just need an adjustment. Give yourself some latitude. You can be fined and then after lunch, you feel like I'm just going crazy. I'm just going to hurt somebody. There's just all these voices. Listen, just keep realigning. That chiropractor. Okay, I'm good. Keep realigning. If you got to turn something off, turn somebody off. Keep realigning. And when you can say, I'm in the truth, I'm in the truth, you're good. You're good. Passed away.
who you are, of who your son is, not on what the media or the narrative tells us. And so, God, would you tune our ears this morning to heaven? Would you calibrate us to your frequency so that in the, in the midst of all these sounds, what rings most clear and most true is your voice? So would you do that today, we pray. God, we wait expectantly and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Your bride is ready. Your bride is ready. And if it's today, then so be it. If it's next week, if it's in another hundred years, God, you're on the throne. And I'd much rather be looking and not see you yet than not be looking and miss you. And so my eyes look east. My eyes look to heaven from where my help comes from. And my heart longs not for the tanglings of this earth, but for my home in heaven, which you've prepared for me in advance. And so with expectant hearts, we look to you today, Lord Jesus. And we say, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Will you be blessed in the Lord today? We love you guys. Don't forget to uh, follow on social media so that um, for the Q&A, Friday nights, this happens a lot of times during that. So, um, and there's a great chance for you to ask some questions maybe you didn't feel like answering today. <laughs>